Hello, and welcome to another Win Daily Sports show. My name is Michael Vazil. I got my man Sticks Picks here with me, and we are here to recap week six of the NFL, currently recording during the first Monday night football game. Let's see what Patrick Mahomes has in him. Maybe we'll comment on this a little bit later, but we're here to talk about the week that was, the Sunday specifically that was, and man, was it a good day for our buddies Sticks Pick here, Nick. Tell the people how you did this past Sunday. <laughs> what a time to be alive. I did well. Um, yeah. Uh, you go back to the Sirius XM show on Saturday. I just re-listened to it today because I was at a college reunion party type of thing and uh, maybe had a few before I was on Sirius XM. But I, it was perfect. I said I was going to fade Alexander Madison in tournaments. I did that. I said I was going to fade Mike Davis in tournaments. I did that. They were combined, you know, aggregate ownership for 70%. So it was a bold stance on Madison. The reason I did it, it was more so because he was 40% out. Atlanta's run defense isn't that bad. They do bleed receptions to running backs and everything like that. So like there was a path for him to go nuts, but for him to go nuts, Atlanta would have to like not score. You know, Minnesota would have to be up like 21, nothing and just run the hell out of the football the way after that. But Minnesota's secondary can't stop anybody, especially Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley, and then you saw Hayden Hurst. We uh, we did have him as a low-owned GPP play as well written up in the article, so that was awesome. But that was it. It was mainly just – and I went all in on Derrick Henry. I said that on Saturday too. I was like, I'm, I'm riding the king this week, and it worked out incredibly well. A 94-yard touchdown doesn't hurt things. But So, you know, a little luck there. Um, we'll get into how I actually won the live final seat. It was mm-hmm. crazy when I actually yep. looked back and saw all the – crazy things that happened for me to sneak away with a victory there. But yeah, it was more so just fading Madison, a guy that's 40% owned in a tournament. If he busts out only 60% of the fields remaining and the top 22% usually get paid. So that's damn near a cash game right there. Like I had a 40% chance of cashing my lineups in GPPs if Madison doesn't do anything. And that's just how I, I kind of simplified my builds that way. I also had some bad lineups as well. Like I had a lot, like I should have done so much better. That's what sucks. Like I look at, yeah, like the pay was huge, but I also played some big tournaments that uh, I knew I didn't have to be that good in because when you play a little more higher stakes and uh, the only reason I played that is, you know, years of grinding cash games and learning how to be a better player and learning how to do GPPs. But um, yeah, I went so heavy on that uh, Packers Tampa Bay game. I had so much Ronald Jones and it seems like everybody at Win Daily did as well. He's one of our favorite GPP plays. So he saved the day a little bit, but Man, if we get anything out of that Green Bay offense and then Godwin is forced to play a lot more because they're chasing points or at least in a shootout of some capacity, it should have been such a higher number than it was. But, My what a, you know, I, it was great to finally see something really pay off because I've been I know I had a really good week one and week two. But after that, it's kind of just been like two or three X, like nothing crazy. But we're winning. That's great. I've mm-hmm. had five winning weeks out of six. I think everybody at Win Daily has. I think just as a as a you know family, we really shit the bed in week five. But a lot of people did. It was just a really weird week. But so many screenshots from everybody yesterday. So that's amazing. That's really what I care about. I don't care about my success. It, yes. It's uh, I'm, I'm personally I'm on the week seven. Whatever uh, whoever says that we're on to the Jets or whatever. Yes. Yeah. Yep, we're on the Cincinnati. That's it. So um, I'm on a week seven. A couple bad weeks in a row could, you know, disappear what I just did. So we need to stay focused and keep rolling. A couple very, very bad weeks. But no, you're being very humble. And I also like how you slid in there, you know, that tournament with the live final. Yes. So our, our boy right here, Sticks Picks, will be, I guess it's not like at the live final anymore. Yeah, you know, right. COVID just ruined kinda, the whole. Yeah. Kind of so. ruins the party for us. But um, hey. Beggars can't be choosers. Uh, you are there. We are excited to have a member of the family in one of those spots. Hopefully, take down. Uh, hopefully, take it down too. We'll see how that goes. We're that's excited. That's the plan. We we don't we don't play not to win. So well, we're gonna try to win. That's what we're here for, and that's what we're here to help you do. <laughs> that's what we're here to help you do. As you heard, Sticks has done some pretty good things, but there was a lot of screenshots from everybody else in the family as well, which we always like to see. So, if you are curious, you want to ask us some questions. WindailySports.com backslash chat. Seven free days into that Discord chat where you get to ask all the questions you want to all the incredible writers. We have Brian, we have Adam, obviously, we have Sticks, we have Sia, we have Jason. Yeah, I guess Jason's in there every once in a while. Stoby, we got Rocker, too. We got Sco- Stoby. Antonio. Got, he, Antonio, it's an incredible, incredible group. Rocker, Ghost, can't uh, can't be remiss. Ghost is your, uh, your wingman on the Sunday morning shows, Sunday, oh, yeah. 11 a.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Central for you Central Coasters get to hang out with the boys and see what they're up to. And uh, again, 
took it down. We did pretty damn well. I know you could have done better. Of course, we always can. But I think you did pretty damn good. And we appreciate the hell out of you there, Stick. So let us, um, let's jump into the games. Let's jump into the games. I think this will be fun. Um, we can quickly, there was no Thursday game. That's what it was. There was no Thursday game. We had the Tuesday game this week, which is all wild and wacky. So let us hop right into it. The New York Giants get their first win. Uh, the Redskins, or not the Redskins, the Washington Football Club. Yeah, watch them out. Yes, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. They cover the spread. Uh, this game was terrible. But fun fact, uh, Adam Amin did the call on this game. And I just got to interview Adam Amin today, which was really cool. And he's a really nice guy with a really great story. So make sure to go check that out wherever the heck you can find your podcast. But back to the game. Uh, Kyle Allen, 42 pass attempts. Not sure that's the way to win this game. Daniel Jones, 12 of 19. He had a touchdown. The Giants first offensive touchdown in uh, what outside of that Cowboys game in a very, very long time. Giants win. Anything here? I don't know. Antonio Gibson didn't do too much. Terry McLaurin, okay. Uh, not too much here. Um, I mean, Terry McLaurin is matchup proof and he's quarterback proof. <laughs> His whole career, he's just said. Yeah. I mean, it's only a year and a half career, but he does it with anybody. So good to see that. I just wish they would let Antonio Gibson get 15 carries. They just won't do that. I guess that's, that's not how he's built, but they don't really pass to him either. What He, he had five targets. That's, okay. I think, his season high. So that's trending in the right direction. Other than that, no. Um, Evan Ingram, I'm glad I got off of him as the week went on. I, I just, I don't know. I don't know why they don't feature this guy a lot more. Only three targets, 15 yards a catch. Like, he is a very skilled player. But, yeah, this game was gross. I don't want anything to do with it. Good for Devonta Freeman. Um, what do you have? 61 yards, 18 carries. Uh, he's just old, too. Yeah, yeah, none of these teams have much fancy value, and I'm, I'm over them. Yeah, it's kind of sad. Um, let's move on to the Texans Titans game. This game was pretty wacky. Uh, Texans went up, Titans went up, Texans went up, went for two, didn't get it. Uh, which I'm sure you were very excited about. The Texans, uh, the Titans then walked down the field. If you haven't seen the video yet, it is uh, traveling around the internet. Mike Vrabel is a mini Bill Belichick in terms of what he is capable of doing at reading the rule book and finding little tiny loopholes here and there that allows his team to save seconds on the clock, waste seconds on the clock, whatever it is. So it's pretty impressive. So go check that one out. But this game, Derek Henry, as you said, all hail King Henry, 212, two touchdowns, uh, also caught two passes for 52 yards, which is really funny because he had a long of 53. So his other catch was for minus one. You always love to see that. Just a, a crazy game. Poor Deshaun Watson, I think is one thing we can say from this game, but Ryan Tannehill, I you have I think he's legit now, right? Dude, like, he's I'm, on fire. We've all kind of been saying it for like the last like entire year. It's like eh, shoes about to drop, shoes about to drop. I mean, I know this Texans defense isn't very good, but my goodness, like this is pretty impressive. Like, like how legit I guess is he at this point? And is it? Do we start him more often now? Do we give him respect? Let's start with that. Uh, yeah, he certainly has respect. He's certainly very viable in season long. I think this box score for him, you know, and the fantasy points that he put up was more of a product of this game. We all did love this game to shoot out. I think it was ranked second in pace for the 80 model and behind Green Bay and Tampa Bay. Um, Battle of the but days yeah, I mean, dude, I think, I mean, Derrick Henry had 22 carries. I project him for 28. So I thought that they'd have a little bit bigger lead. Texans offense was awesome. Deshaun Watson, absolute. He's just locking in right now. He's a guy that was priced up with Mahomes. And then this year, we saw Deshaun Watson get to like mid 6K, even maybe even less, like 6,200 or 6,400 one week. He's priced up at seven this week. He's my favorite, second favorite quarterback behind Lamar Jackson. I think number three was Aaron Rodgers. Again, we don't need to talk about that game, but we'll get there. Yeah, it was awesome. We had a ton of exposure. I think one of the stacks I've written up was my second favorite stack was Watson. Will Fuller, Cooks, and then on the other side, Derrick Henry and A.J. Brown. Man, if you played that, you went absolutely nuts. I did not have any Anthony Fersker. I don't know what the hell. Well, I saw like Millionaire Maker. Like So many people had him. I don't understand. Some optimizer out there must have loved him. I think ours did too. And uh, someone in Discord was saying, like, yeah, I kept seeing Fersker pop in the mile. I was like, no, nah, I delete me too. Personally, I like I'm deleting that. I don't want that at all. But yeah, this game was so much fun. King Henry, man, that was amazing. I was so heavy on him, and apparently, people said that was a donkey play. Um, yeah, <laughs> uh, I like to say otherwise. Um, if you want to talk about why, we can. But yeah, that was awesome. That was just such a fun game, a wild game, and I love the Brable thing, man. That was hilarious. He just a mandatory, like 
mm-hmm. on purposely put 12 guys on the field because Houston was about to get a first down. He knew it. They needed the clock stop more than they could. You know, the first down didn't mean anything to them. They were playing as if Houston was about to score and they wanted the ball back. So that was hilarious. I mean, that is New England Patriots right there. Mm-hmm. That is Belichick University. Yep, exactly. That is that is the University of Football right there. I think that part is important. Yes, we, uh, I don't know, maybe it was just the DFS community, but I definitely saw a lot of people saying like, oh, great job if you did play Derrick Henry. It's like, well, he's facing like one of the worst rush defenses. We've seen pretty much everybody butcher the Texans. Why would you not play him? And he hardly played on Tuesday against Buffalo. I know that game got out of hand, but they're, I think, Vrabel's like, okay, we have a division game coming up that we really need to win. Like we could get a huge lead on this AFC South if we take care of business with Houston coming into town. What Derrick Henry had like 13, 14 carries on Tuesday, and that's a extremely low workload for him. So I really looked into that and everybody's like, Oh, short rest, Derrick Henry, you know, he needs time to heal. So he barely played Tuesday. So yeah, I mean, it was awesome. Obviously, a 94-yard carry is lucky, yeah. and I can't oh, handicap that, but I he was the number one player in, on the slate to score a touchdown, minus 265 to score at most sports books. Like, that is something I really value. On a slate that didn't have a ton of good running backs, like our number two price running back, or it was Aaron Jones, Derrick Henry, and then Alexander Madison. It's like, okay, who's the outlier here for touchdowns equity? It's Derrick Henry. So that's why I went so heavy on him. And his ownership wasn't that crazy. It was like 20%. So it's like, okay, if everybody's going to fade Derrick Henry, the guy most likely to score two touchdowns on the slate, mm-hmm. he did. And boom, there you go. Bang. This is this is the... And we love this the, game. And we love this game. Yes, so, that helped made a lot. lot of sense. We knew a lot of stuff was going to be happening. Yes, he doesn't catch that many passes, but two for 50, whatever. Not going to get angry about that. <laughs> that was yeah. lucky too. So Yes. Lucky. Hey, man. I'd rather be lucky than good though. Exactly. No such thing as luck. Put yourself in positions to win. And that is, sir, that is what you did. And many of the Wind Daily Sports family members did as well. Let us move on. Or actually, one last note from that game. Brandon Cooks, back to life. I think that's two good games in a row. Yeah, that's good to know. After that bagel that he put up, uh, no more B.O.B. And look at that. Brandon Cooks, he trades for him, doesn't use him. And now he's good again. Just remember too, always play speedy wide receivers against Tennessee. As long as the Dory Jackson's out, he is the only fast corner they have in that D.B. Just if you see a quarterback with a big arm and a receiver with speed, I don't know Tennessee's schedule moving forward, um, but just keep an eye on that. As long as the door is out, play speedy ride receivers against Tennessee if you think the game's going to be up pace. Yes, Boom. and if you don't want to pay attention to it, let us pay attention to it for you because that's we're pretty good. Yeah, I got you on that. Nick's got you, don't worry. Um, let's move on to the Cincinnati Bungles and the Indianapolis Colts. Bengals had a 21-point lead, if I'm not mistaken. This was a weird game. This yeah. was a weird game. And then blew the entire thing up. Joe Burrow's stat line somehow didn't have a throwing touchdown. Joe Mixon did have a rushing. Giovanni Bernard had a rushing. Joe Burrow had a rushing touchdown. Jonathan Taylor, 12 carries. Um, thankfully, they didn't give the ball to Wilkins, but they were coming from behind the whole time. Philip Rivers had 44 pass attempts, three touchdowns, 371 through the air. T. Higgins, man, you called it once, and he just has like, wow, Nick, thanks so much for calling. I'm going to keep doing it. Six for 125. A.J. Green, he's back to life. Maybe he doesn't want to leave town anymore. Um, This was a weird game. What do you got from this one? I mean, we didn't see this happening at all. No, I had so much Jonathan Taylor, too. I mean, he had a really good day, five yards of carry, and Cincinnati's run D is really bad, even though they got Geno Atkins back. I did kind of focus on this game while it was close in the beginning, and he didn't look nearly as good as he – obviously, it's the first game back, but I don't know. It just sucked that this game got out of – I would have never mm-hmm. thought Cincinnati would get that big of a lead early because I had a lot of Taylor. He was minus 250 to score, so I had a ton of him. I was like, this makes sense, and he should – they're never going to get up big because they just don't play that way. But I thought they'd be up, you know, 14-3, 17-3, something like that early and just give this is a game that Jonathan Taylor should have had 20 carries in. It just didn't go that way. So, like, I could sleep at night with the Jonathan Taylor loss. Like, the lineups that had him didn't do much because he was, like, my pivot up from Dave Montgomery or down from Mike Davis. And, you know, it, I just got the game script wrong, but I think everybody in the world got this game script wrong. Vegas got this game script wrong. Everybody did. So, like, if you lose that way, you can't be mad at yourself. It's like, all right, I, I had a pretty good read there. Jonathan Taylor did produce when he was in there. It's like the game just took him out. So what you can't be mad about that. You have to follow the process. That is what we're here to do. Sometimes you're going to be right. Sometimes you're going to be wrong. But if you have a good process and good structure behind it, that's how you win money. And that's what we're yes. here to do. So, yeah, I mean, 12 carries for 60 yards, not anything terrible i mean that's a pretty solid what's that that's five a pop i mean you're not angry about that four catches for 55 yards i mean again you're not angry about that but just unfortunately the game script didn't allow it because the colts were 
just coming from behind the entire time score what is 10 unanswered to uh, end the game and win it um unfortunately yeah. but i'm not going to give up on jonathan taylor especially if they're going to pass to him more too this we need to start like this is a buy low guy in season long go get him guys i'm trying in my home league trying to get jonathan taylor too and uh Trying to sell Daryl Henderson. Hi, <laughs> my buddy. That's got Jonathan Taylor, but he's not biting. So oh, get Jonathan wow. Taylor if you can. While while those points just aren't racking up, they're coming. They are coming quickly. They're coming. Um, I also want to say Trey Burton, second game back, uh, pretty much did nothing with the Bears in his tenure there. Two touchdowns, four for fifty-eight and a a catch, uh, and then stole a Jonathan Taylor touchdown as well. One, yeah, that pissed me uh, off. Yeah, that kind of that would have been much nicer. An extra six points there uh, would have been cool. But I did use Trey Burton in my Mm -hmm. cash game lineup uh, only because I had like an extra five hundred or six hundred to spend, and I had so much Irv Smith and GPPs, and I was and I saw Adam write about Trey Burton. I was like, I told him at first he was crazy, and then on Sunday morning I was like, you know what, going with Burton. Love it. And so shout out to Adam for that because I would have never look twice at a guy like Trey Burton. There we go. Two touchdowns. Gotta love it. Gotta love it. Um, Let us move on to the next game. The Falcons 40, the Vikings 23, the Falcons and the Giants both get their first win of the season. The other, un- other completely defeated team did not, but we'll get to the Jets in a little bit. Um, As you said, a lot of people heavy, heavy, heavy on Madison. I feel like, and I mean, it might just be recency bias or, or the way that I've been listening, but it feels like more people were heavier on Alexander Madison this week than anyone has been on Dalvin Cook the entire year. Is 100%, like, dude. Yeah. Like, why? Dalvin Cook is the lead running back for a reason. They've had some incredible matchups, as you've pointed out, and we've won a lot of money playing at uh, Dalvin Cook. Why was this the week that we thought, okay, you can't play anybody but Alexander Madison? Dude, I don't know. I said this on serious. I would get it. I would understand. I, I mean, I played Madison in cash because you have to play a guy that's going to be 70% out. You have to play him in cash because if he goes nuts, you cannot catch up chasing the field that way. So, in GPPs, I said it on Sirius on Saturday. I was like, I don't understand the love for Alexander Madison because usually when we see this 70% owned free square backup running back that's about to get a huge workload, they're priced at like 5K. Mm-hmm. Every single, you know, like Boston Scott week one, he was like a terrible example. Boston Scott is honestly, you know, he's more of a scat back. He's not a guy like Madison who could, you know, he's mm-hmm. built like Delvin Cook. He could run the same, you know, outside zone run scheme like Madison fits that perfectly. Um, but like last year to when Todd, not when Todd Gurley, when Devonta Freeman went down and Brian Hill was like 70% chalk, he was priced at $4,000 or a couple years ago when, uh, Le'Veon Bell held out or whatever mm-hmm. happened. And we James first Conner. saw James Conner, he was priced at 4k and he was 70% owned. Then you go to it in GPPs because it allows you to get all the other studs that you want. But when Madison was priced at 7,200 as a backup running back, when you know, you know, they got guys like Amir Abdullah, Mike Boone, CJ Ham. Like there's no way that Madison was going to get this big of a workload, especially against a team, you know, when both of these teams can't stop anybody, it doesn't set up well for a running game. Mm-hmm. So that's what I exactly what I said on Sirius is like, I get it in cash, but if Madison is not priced at 5k, then it makes no sense to play him when he's at the same price as Derrick Henry. Like that should be the easiest pivot in the world, in my opinion. And apparently nobody, the smartest players in the world that said Derrick Henry was a bad play and Madison was the guy. Who's laughing now? I guess is how I look. Oh. At it. I'm not gonna. Ooh. I'm not gonna talk shit. Ooh. But that, yeah, don't say names. We don't. No, we're not, we're not no. talking names because a lot of people no. said it. Honestly, like no one in our thing did. Everybody no. understood that. Like, yeah, Madison for cash and GPPs. I said if you want to play it, I get it. But he wasn't. You know, there was no value to Alexander Madison if he's priced low. I get it. But I could talk about this thing all day. But I saw all these. Yeah, DFS douchebags on Twitter that are getting mad about people for playing Derrick Henry instead of Alexander Madison. It's like, okay, sorry, you're algorithm or whatever the hell you put all your money on didn't work out and logic you just threw out the window but all right thanks for the donation we have made bad plays in the past we will continue to make bad plays in the future but the logic needs to check out in most situations that's just i think something that makes sense i yes we we love algorithms we love your 80 model we love your 80 model you got it we got it so make sure to check it out but you also have to make sure that logic does check out in something like this because I think that part is pretty important. Um, yeah, first, I wrote a rule a long time ago. I got my little psycho notes I keep for the last four years, like days that I lost. It's like, what did I do wrong that I should never do again? It's like this. When you get a backup running back, if he's not priced at value, don't play him in tournaments if he's chalky. That's like my rule I have. I'm going to stand by it. Sure, if Madison goes off, I'm not going to have that as good of a day, but... More times than not, if I stick to my theory on avoiding that 40% owned running or 70% owned running back priced up, 
uh, like that's a loss that I can sleep with if he goes off. But I don't know. I'm talking to Ransom now. You got me fired up. Good. I like that. I like fired up, Nick. This is more fun that way. Um, the Falcons did end up blowing out the Vikings too, which led to Madison barely getting any touches. He got 10 carries for 26 yards. Uh, did he have any catches? One catch for four yards. So yeah, he pretty much laid a complete egg, 30 total yards. The offenses, the receivers though, we had some fun ones. Julio Jones, eight for 137, two touchdowns. Calvin Ridley, six for 61 and a touchdown. Hayden Hurst, as you already called, four for 57 and a touchdown. On the other side, Justin Jefferson, man, my God, I thought this kid, was great, but I didn't realize he was just going to take over. Like those first couple of weeks, we didn't see anything about him. And then all of a sudden it feels like every single week he's above 90 receiving yards and a touchdown at this point. So he has been uh, a lot of fun to watch. Granted, it helped that the Vikings were down, I don't know, like 30 at one point, or at least it felt like it was 30 um, for most of the game. So I think that's something important to pay attention to in terms of, I mean, Todd Gurley, I mean, RIP Todd Gurley, 20 carries, 47 yards. That's that's bad. Uh, that's really bad, especially because we know we can run against this team. So I think that part is is embarrassing. But outside of that, anything else um, non-Madison related from this game that you were really liking? No, I didn't have much Julio Jones at all. I was scared to play him with the hamstring injury, but he was super low owned. But if you guys did have him, good for you. I That's maybe a rule that I should have. If a guy's going to play, I shouldn't be scared of him. I'm probably write that down in my psycho notes now. But um, Hayden Hurst, I did say if there was any week for him to score a long touchdown, it was this one. His average at the target has been through the roof. And uh, Kelvin, really, did he get hurt? I, don't I am 90% sure he's hurt. I don't know oh, how no. serious it is, but I remember seeing him like uh, walk off the field like limping or something. And then all these other games happened that affected my afternoon Cramp. of sweating. Cramp so I kind of just... The game. He had grass okay. to return to the game, so he's okay. Cool. Okay. Yeah, I knew. I thought he came back, and I saw I saw him limp off again. But I don't know. I was my mind was all over the place yesterday. Yeah, you were you were too busy winning six figures. <laughs> uh, it's usually usually a good place to be. Uh, all right, let's uh, move on. Obviously, that game was a lot of fun. Can talk about Matt Ryan, but it sounds like hey, you uh, get rid of your terrible coach. Good things happen so far. That's two teams uh, immediately get a win after firing their head coach. The Jets. We're just waiting on you. Um, all right, let's move on. Probably one of the weirder games of the day. Uh, the Broncos go into Foxborough, win 18 to 12. Shout out Brandon McManus, um, six field goals. And it was pretty impressive with a long of 54. So the dude wasn't messing around. So it was pretty, pretty cool to see. Oh, he's Broncos, got a boot. I mean, he always has. And I mean, usually you'd say, okay, it's a mile high, but no, this one was in. New England. I mean, it's not crazy cold or windy or snowy yet, but like it was pretty, uh, pretty damn impressive to see him do what he did. So I think that was a lot of fun. But the Broncos tried to give this game away. Drew Locke had two picks, if I'm not mistaken, in the fourth quarter, or at least towards the fourth quarter. I know one of them was uh, Cam Newton didn't look that great. Maybe it's COVID. I don't know. Um, but just a weird game all around. Do you have anything, any news or notes? I mean, Melvin Gordon wasn't there. He DUI and strep throat. I don't know which one's worse, uh, but Philip Lindsay comes back 23 for 101. No touchdowns on the Denver side and no one touchdown on the Patriots side. So, like, really not much to talk about. Anything Anything you want to talk about here? <laughs> I don't know what's worse, DUI or so. Give me strep throat over a DUI. Yeah, I think I think so. I'm hoping everybody out there. Cheaper. It seems like such a cheaper way. Healthcare system kind of sucks, but it is what it is. Um, That's true. News or notes on this game? Do you think? The no, Pats I mean, weird? Tim, pa- Tim Patrick's for real. Uh, I really yeah. like watching him play. He just, he makes so many good contested catches. Like he can go high point the ball. Like if you, if you need a bye week filler or something that, or a waiver wire pickup, if one of your guys got hurt, Tim Patrick is, um, is really good. I used to write about him last year in the cash game as like a three, three K sleeper. He never did anything when I did write about him, but now he's going off. So maybe he just needed Cortland Sutton to mm-hmm. get hurt. And I yeah. love Cortland Sutton, but, yeah, no, I don't really want to talk about this game. If we're going to do some lineup reviews, we'll just get rid of the games that meant nothing because no one really played anybody from any of these games, so it didn't matter. Royce Freeman looks solid. That's about it. But yeah, he's there, yeah. I guess. Or uh, um, no, Philip Lindsay. Sorry. Yeah, you yeah, know what yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah. I was no, I didn't because I hate Royce Freeman. So I'm glad that we didn't have to talk about him. He's terrible. Yeah. He's terrible. He's terrible. Um, let's move on. This was a fun one. This one means a lot to you as well. The Ravens thirty. The Eagles 28. So there's actually a little fun story here. You loved Lamar Jackson this week. So I think one thing that's really important for people to understand is contest selection. You harp about it. Adam harps about it. Everybody is always talking about Jim Thompson, Stobie. We're always, always, always talking about contest selection because a GPP, 
Not all GPPs are created equal. Not all single entry games are created equal. Not all cash, you know, not all these games, even, you know, if we talk about a GPP format, they're all still not created equal. So talk to me a little bit. I, I love the story on the the one you took down, the 75K that you took down, the title, the, the entry into the live final. Hopefully we'll be able to be wherever it is, but whatever, you're going to be there. And that's the important part. Talk to me because you, you really studied this for like four or five weeks leading up to actually playing and it granted it's a very large entry so shout out to you for that but talk to me a little bit about this particular contest and why you thought playing lamar jackson which doesn't really sound like that crazy of something to do turned out to be something that completely flipped the script for you this this, this week yeah that was awesome i did play the tournament last week i think i got third and okay. it was out of the money because it's 10 people so i do love these 10 people tournaments now that i started studying like before as i like, ah, it's not enough variance for a gpp but i i saw the you know it's it's a little more higher stakes so people don't take risks in there and i i've been looking at i think i played it twice last week being number or yesterday being number two so i played it the week before um but i never played that uh that fantasy world championship or whatever and knew what to do with it and i think there's only 13 people in that so i knew like every but single person in there was gonna play alexander madison i think it was 100 percent owned. like they don't take risks they build it like a cash game and i had a really good feeling i was like i put that lineup together all the chalk of you know mike davis um alexander madison then david montgomery it's like, okay, I can't afford a whole lot else. Now, where would I go? It's like, okay, you have to play AJ Brown if you're building this lineup. I was trying to make a lineup for my opponents. So it's like, I know, because I've mm-hmm. seen them the last couple of weeks, they were playing really, really chalky people. And there's some, is like, okay, Alexander Madison, I'm not, I faded him in every single like large field GPP, you know, like $50, $100, $20 GPPs with a thousand people. It's like, yeah, I'll fade him in that. But in this, I can't do it. It's like, if he goes off, if everybody's going to have him, it doesn't matter. He could put up a zero. We're pretty much playing like two players against mm-hmm. two players at this point. That's what I've studied and saw. So I was like, all right, my two player, and everybody's going to play like Johnny Smith and AJ Brown. It's like, okay, well, I'm not playing Gianu. I'll play AJ Brown. But it's like, if they're playing Mike Davis and Alexander Madison, I'm going to play. Okay, so I'm trying to think of my thought process here. It was Gianu, AJ Brown, Mike Davis, and Alexander Madison. I was like, I'll play three of them or two of them. So I went with Madison and then I got off Johnny and went down to punt at tight end. But I punted later when I was building my lineup. Then I was like, I, I know I wanted Derrick Henry. It's like best odds to score a touchdown. He seems like he was my cash running back. Number one play. Like I'm, I would love to play him in cash. I think he's the safest play. So I went with that. I took AJ Brown cause the value was there. And then I went down to chase Claypool. I think a lot of people had him too. Cause he was, you know, he was 5,200 and had good touchdown equity. No Deontay Johnson. Like he should get some targets. It's not like we're just chasing the, the 40 point game. He just has like, he's safe for 15. So I like that. And then as what I saw when I was building the other players lineups or trying to put myself in their shoes is every single person was playing like Ryan Fitzpatrick or Kirk cousins that under six K range was like, I'm not doing that. I'm going to go with the highest ceiling and safest floor quarterback that I could find. And if I got off Janu and went down to Irv Smith at tight end, I could afford Lamar Jackson. And I was like, I love that. He was the number one play on the 80 model. I think he was projected for 24 points and he shot over like 31 or whatever. Um, But looking back on it, I got lucky as hell. So I, I was leading or like in second or third most of the day. And then this Baltimore Philly game got close. Philly started coming back and I ended up winning by, I think 4.5 or five points on both of these tournaments. The same guy was in second behind me. And I look back at it, that last scramble that Lamar Jackson had, he could have just got the first down in need, but he went for like an extra 12 yards, got me the, uh, I got like two points on the carry, whatever it was. And then it got him over a hundred yards. So I got an extra three points. So that was a five point carry. I won by five. Thank you, DraftKings, for the hundred yard bonus. But uh, you know, I guess thank me myself for finding a way to get to Lamar Jackson. Like yes. I, I just trusted the miles. Like he's the number one quarterback. He's the highest ceiling on the model, and he also has the highest floor. Like that's the guy I want. Then if we're kind of making this like a safe build, but not one other person in any of these tournaments had Lamar Jackson. So that last carry. Long story short, it's just nuts how that all happened. And I look back uh, at it like later in the afternoon, it's like, oh my God, that one carry that got me five points because the bonus saved my ass. So that's ass. awesome. Made yeah. a lot of money. Yeah, I, w- I would have barely had a winning day 
without that. Like, oh, I would have, you know, it would have been good. Yeah, I, I doubt it would. I don't think it would have been six figures. I think it would have dropped. Would have been close, but whatever. I don't care about that anymore. It was just awesome. It was just a funny story. I thought that one random carry mm-hmm. that he did not need to go that long. He could have just slid, and the game was over. So thank you, Lamar. Love you, buddy, and thank you, Derek Henry. Thank you, Lamar. Thank you, Derek Henry. We appreciate the both of you uh, for doing what you do. Uh, outside of that, which was awesome. Yeah, the Eagles did make this game very interesting. Scored three touchdowns in the final uh, quarter to make this bring it back. I think we also had um, Eagles plus nine, Eagles plus 10, Eagles plus nine yep. and a half, whatever it was. So we we made a couple bucks there as well. But this was definitely a weird game. Um Shout out to the Eagles actually for bringing it back and letting Lamar Jackson have to do a little bit more work. Yeah, that's huge. Nick Boyle caught the touchdown. Mark Andrews didn't. Um, Gus Edwards gets the most carries and the touchdown over J.K. Dobbins. Mark Ingram got hurt, came back, then went back out. Um, This Eagles team is a mess. Miles Sanders, another really, really long run. Uh, He gets hurt, though. Looks like he's going to be out for a couple weeks. So everyone go pick up Boston Scott, I guess, if you can, if you're high enough on waivers. Carson Wentz looked really bad and then really good and then really bad again. Like, I don't really understand the Eagles, but like anything else from this game, other than the fact that you're finally going to admit Gus Edwards is the best running back outside of Lamar Jackson on the Eagles. Uh, 1.9 yards a carry. Way to go, Gus. Uh, Fulgham, Gus, man. He's for real. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, I guess so. I'm not buying in, but, um, and then Zach Ertz, I believe is hurt. So yeah, get Dallas got it ready and season long. If your waiver wire period's coming up and he's free. Um, and then Miles Sanders, I think he's, they're playing Thursday, so he's likely out. Nothing severe with his knee, so that's, thank God, I have so much Miles Sanders. But it mm. uh, sounds like he's just going to miss Thursday, and then we'll see what happens. But, yeah, Boston Scott Chalk Week, if it was Sunday, but it's not, so it's on Thursday. So that's good. We don't have to buy into that bullshit. Um, I guess in season long, if you have to start Boston Scott, you could do worse, but I would find another avenue. But yeah, um, that's it. Keep an eye on Zach Ertz, but it sounds like he's hurt kind of bad. I, I don't know. Yeah, both Zach Ertz and Miles Sanders are pretty much out um, for this upcoming game on Thursday against the New York Football Giants. Um, JJ Ortega Whiteside gets a touchdown because Miles Sanders fumbles at the goal line, essentially, and he picks it up when it would have been like a 70. Yeah. And all the Miles Sanders owners out there are pretty pissed off about that. And all the one person that owns JJ Ortega Whiteside. Uh, there i guess if they played them good for them uh weird game though but shout out lamar jackson for helping us win a lot of money uh let's move on brown steelers this game's kind of a blowout james connor got over 100 yards as you said um we saw chase claypool do his thing again another rushing touchdown and four for 74 the browns looked bad mayfield looked bad uh kareem hunt 13 for 40 uh anything from this game outside of chase claypool's real no, don't pick on Pittsburgh's defense. Yeah, I think so. It's a good uh, good place to start and good place to end with that one. Uh, let's go to the battle of the big dicks. We have big dick Nick and big dick Teddy. <laughs> we have the Bears winning as underdogs again against the Panthers. Uh, Nick Foles had a touchdown. Teddy Bridgewater, I think I think it's safe to say, came back to earth. Mike Davis still had a touchdown, uh, but only two catches for three yards on three targets. Robbie Anderson, four for 77. David Montgomery, a lot of chalk. Will David Montgomery ever have 100 rushing yards in a game? Is that like allowed? I feel like. No, dude, I don't know. Is he allowed to have 70 rushing yards in a game? It's ridiculous. I don't know. Uh, The first prop I bet though was David Montgomery at over 56 and a half. And then I bet it over 59 too. I got greedy, dumbass. But so I I won the one and then lost the other. So kick myself in the foot, stupid ass, or shot myself in the foot, whatever the term is. But no, this game was gross. The Bears offense is bad. David Montgomery is just not good. He's getting a ton of work, though, five targets. So he's always going to be PPR viable, but, yeah, it's not good. Um, keep an eye on Darnell Mooney, though. The game that the Bears have to play up pace in the shootout, and if Mooney's going to still be, like, 3K range in DraftKings, he is their number two wide receiver. Anthony Miller's, I guess, done. Yeah. But Mooney is a stud. Miller like had three catches, but for a total of eight yards, Mooney had five targets, three catches, 36. Cole Komet catches a touchdown, Notre Dame product. Um, So that's tight end university. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, absolutely. Uh, But yeah, that game just is kind of gross. Shout out to the Bears, the probably one of the worst five and one teams I've personally ever watched. But hey, jokes on me. I'm a Giants fan. Let's move on. Another quick one, I think here, Lions and Jaguars. Uh we had the under on Garter Minshew. I didn't take it because I sometimes bet with my heart and not my head. Matt Stafford had that ridiculous throw um, that no one's talking about because he's not Patrick Mahomes. DeAndre Swift, you called it. 
coming back to life. 14 carries, 116, two touchdowns. Adrian Peterson had a touchdown. James Robinson, eh, not so great on his part. Keelan Cole, six for four, 143. Kenny Galladay, four for 105. That's a nice day out of him, but not really too much in this game. Kind of sucked. Yeah, I would have never had Kalen Cole. Um, we did say it like we had some, in- Ghost and I had some interest in this game leading into the week. And then once the weather came in and then we saw how much we really liked Houston, Tennessee, we got off this completely and just said that we were going to play either Swift and Galladay. And then on the other side, LaVisca, I love James Robinson. I touted him a lot. Or I hate that word. I, I talked him up a lot yesterday. He got in the box and kind of saved the day, but man, he was a letdown. This t- 2.4 yards of care. I mean, Jacksonville also was chasing points like crazy. Mm-hmm. So the game strip kind of got away from James Robinson, but what are you going to do? I, he scored and saved, you know, he was super cheap on DraftKings and all you really need are touchdowns on there. So he did all right there, but I, I got that one wrong. Um, Galladay, he was one of my favorite receivers. He, he hit value. He was in cash game. He was only $6,200. So you had to use him swift. I definitely did not see that coming. I just had so much of him in season long and I've always been on the, the train of, ready for a rookie running back to go after the bye week. Mm-hmm. I definitely did not think he would do this, score two touchdowns. I didn't think they'd use him on the goal line. I thought that Peterson would have got all three. Um, but what had worked out, I had a lot of DeAndre Swift just because he was 4,500 on drafting. So I needed that because I had so much Lamar. I, I didn't want to play Irv Smith everywhere. So in order to fit Lamar and I had to play a guy like Swift and it worked out. It worked out. A couple touchdowns. Not angry about it. Um, moving on. As I said before, the Giants and the Falcons both get their first win of the season. The Jets got shut out. Uh, I think this is the first shutout of the year in the NFL, right? Yeah, actually, I I believe it is. Yeah, I don't think anyone else has been shut out yet, so leave it up to the Jets to uh, fulfill that for us. Joe Flacco, whatever. Uh, Jets running game. I mean, they didn't even get 300 yards. They didn't even get 275 yards in this game. because oh wait no i'm sorry i'm looking at team yeah they hit barely over 300 yards it was bad james crowder seven receptions 13 targets i played him i mean he got a couple points in ppr miles gaskin looks real uh he's getting most of the carries most of the workload and tua uh tua came into the game which was pretty sweet um anything else i mean no pretty much it right yeah uh, Jets suck. J E T S S U. Oh, this was that. That was actually sweaty, though. If the Jets did oh. score a touchdown, I would not have won because I had my MBD and the guy behind me did not. Love it, love it, love it, love it. Weird little. So that was sweaty. Like that. Yeah, that was that, sweaty. That makes it fun. That makes it a lot of fun. Uh, let us look at this. La- uh, we got two more games. Packers Bucks. Uh, do you remember the first quarter? I guess I'll just start with that. The first five minutes, Packers looked like Super Bowl champs. What the hell happened? It didn't look like they could be stopped. They wanted to do whatever they did. That first pick, you're like, ah, I mean, it was a bad throw. Whatever. Shit happens. We'll move on. Then the next pick, and then the Packers decided they couldn't move the ball. Um, The Bucs defense, I think we can say, is real. I know we have uh, some some old friends that don't believe that. I texted him yesterday. I was like, you you believe in in Todd Bowles yet? Yeah, at this point, like their their defense is ferocious. It is fun to watch. They're they're flying around everywhere. They just lost Vita Vey, and then they fill him in with some rando. um, And he did just as good, it seemed like. The Packers couldn't do anything. Aaron Rodgers won 62 picks, total of 94 rushing yards. Aaron Jones, 10 for 15. And a touchdown. So, yikes. Not great. Uh, Devontae Adams came back. He had 10 targets. 6 for 61. Man, that was it was impressive. Tom Brady didn't even need to do that much. 166, two touchdowns. Ronald Jones, there you go. Lego. Two touchdowns. Rob Gronkowski back from the dead. That was kind of nice. Godwin, not so much. Mike Evans, pretty sure that dude still hurt. So, sorry for all you fantasy owners out there. Um, what the hell, though? You're a Packers fan. I mean, we know that this team's good, but... Sincerely, though, what happened after the first quarter? It felt like they couldn't do anything. One of my buddies said it best. He goes, when this Packers team gets hit in the mouth, they fucking run and hide. Like, mm-hmm. if, if you don't hit them early, they're just they're going to crush you. Like, you see it, oh, the Thursday night or whatever. It was yep. whenever they played Atlanta. It's like yeah. Aaron Rodgers was just laughing, laughing the whole game. Like, when he gets in the zone like that, you're not going to beat him. I don't care who you are. Kansas City, you're probably going to have a hard time beating him if Rodgers is in the zone like that and this team's healthy because their defense is better than Kansas City's, in my opinion. But Tampa, just I mean, mainly uh, Nadunka Sue, just he got an Aaron Rodgers' head early and just kept chirping at him. Like, they, they just punched this team in the mouth. Like, they would they go down 10 nothing early first quarter, mm-hmm. and then yep. 
they're, they're they didn't quit. So shout out to Tampa Bay. That was a hell of an effort by them. And then Green Bay just laid down and died. But if you hit them, they they get scared. I guess like that's the way to beat them. You have to play Green Bay aggressive and get your shot early. And if not, you're probably in for a long day. Long day. But hey, they did it, and the Bucks are back after they lose that awful game to the bears so really the bucks should be five and one but hey that's uh that's baseball season um and this game was not on the slate but i think it's interesting to talk about it the line opened up it was wacky it was like 49ers minus three after we just saw them get shit on by the dolphins and the rams just kind of win another game i don't even remember who the heck the rams play but they look good doing it and everyone bet the line all the way to rams minus three and yeah, the 49ers kind of, while the score was only off by eight points, it felt like way more the entire time. Jimmy G came back uh, looking good, throwing for three touchdowns. Jared Goff went back to being the terrible Jared Goff. So I think that's kind of funny. Mostert looks like he's going to be hurt. And I think he's actually going on IR. So he might miss the next three weeks. I guess I have to ask you, who are we picking up? Jermichael Hasty, Jarek no, McKinnon? Kevin Coleman should be back. Oh, I think he comes back next week. So we need to check our waiver wires, boys, and get Tevin Coleman. That should be, if you're missing Sanders or you're one of the Saquon guys or whatever the case may be, if Tevin, I think Tevin should be back next week. So, yeah, that's my guy. That's a good Let's look. go with Tevin. Yeah, yeah it's kind of wow. sneaky, but, yeah, if Mostert's on IR, yeah, Tevin Coleman should get the main run here. Mm-hmm. You're well, still going to see McKinnon and, mm-hmm. you know, Jeff Wilson sometimes and whoever the hell Jermichael Hasty is, you're going to see, like, that's just the product of San Francisco's offense. But they do kind of get a bell cow going there. Like, Mostert clearly was their bell mm-hmm. cow, and I think Tevin should be that guy. Yeah, I think uh, Mostert had 17 carries, it felt like, in the first half, and that was the second most carries he's had in his entire career. Something along those lines is kind of like a weird stat like that, and then, of course, he gets hurt. Um, was looking pretty good doing it, too, so that's pretty unfortunate. Had a couple catches as well. Um, let's see here. Sorry, I'm just looking over. It looks like Kansas City's going to pull this one out, boys, so that's kind of nice. Uh, I guess that's those are the games. We went over them. One thing we do want to do this week as well was a little lineup review. So, um, Nick, I'll kind of let you take it. I, I guess we'll we'll look at this first one. I'm looking at Baloo. This was on FanDuel. He had Lamar Jackson, DeAndre Swift, James Robinson, Julio Jones, Justin Jefferson, Allen Robinson, Mark Andrews, Robbie Anderson, and the Giants defense. Talk to me a little bit. When uh, Actually, what are you trying to get out of these lineup reviews? For the, everybody out there listening, what are we trying to do? Are we trying? Uh, we want to educate people where they went right, where they went wrong? maybe some pivots they could have, could not have made. How, how are you feeling about it? Yeah, I think just line of construction in general, just kind of want to look over, you know, you know, good lineups that may not have cashed or may not have cashed as much as you would think you would cash. Process. So then we could, yeah, process. exactly. The process. process. Yes, 100% that. And then we got a cash lineup from, who was the cash line? It was, oh, Jeff. I love Jeff. Jeff's always uh, DMing me on Discord and Twitter. He Like that dude wants to, learn and he's gotten so much better it's awesome okay. and he's good at nba too so i need to actually learn from you jeff on nba but well yeah let's go with battle design this thing was amazing i love this guy too i've been talking to him for years um such a good player now like you can just see it I, so he went with lamar jackson and mark andrews as his main little stack because you really don't need to double sack lamar jackson they don't pass enough so really sharp move by him obviously it sucked with mark andrews like mm-hmm. this lineup should have been amazing deandre swift in there like no one played Swift on FanDuel. I don't even think I had a lineup on FanDuel with Swift. So one ballsy lineup because he took his shot on a GPP and he wanted to get Lamar Jackson. So he went Lamar Jackson, Mark Andrews. Like you can't be mad at this because Mark Andrews, you know, Boyle got a touchdown and, you know, it just wasn't Mark Andrews day, but really no one played Mark Andrews. So he could have, Sky could have been the limit for him if Andrews gets one of those touchdowns, but Lamar has a really big day. So you're safe there. Then he goes at the running back position, DeAndre Swift and James Robinson. So for me, this is one of my critiques. When I go a running back on one side, I usually like a receiver on the other side because it's really hard. It's it's not impossible. You know, it, Kansas City Chiefs, the Kareem Hunt, and if they played somebody back in the day that had a really good run offense, you like. But the only way for DeAndre Swift and James Robinson to have really good days is for both of them to score touchdowns. Robinson did get in the box, but he only, you know, the, mm-hmm. the game script doesn't go that well. If you're very high on a running back like Detroit, he took Swift and hoped he was their RB1 that day. He was. So in my opinion, I would have liked a pass catcher for Jacksonville as they're playing catch up because that's kind of my, mm-hmm. my game script there. 
But all the cast pass catcher shit the bed besides Keelan Cole. We would have never played Keelan Cole. But either way, I love that correlation. Yeah. He he took his main stack of Lamar and Mark Andrews. It's like, all right, how can I correlate another game that I like? He liked Detroit Jacksonville. He went Swift and Robinson. I would have personally went if Swift was my guy, I would have went with a pass catcher on the other side. And if Robinson's my guy, I would have went like Galladay on the other side. And I had plenty mm-hmm. of lines that had that. But it's not – I'm not saying it's a bad way to go, but it's just very tough for both running backs to have. Like, if you're playing a GPP, you need a ceiling day. You're not playing James Robinson to get 15 points. Mm-hmm. You're playing him to get 30. So if he's to get 30, what are the odds the other running back gets 30? Very low. Like, that's how you need to build GPPs. Like, how can this guy get 30 points? That is my story when I'm picking a guy. And on the other side, he goes to receivers. Love this move. This was the nuts wide receiver one and wide receiver two. He paired Julio Jones with Justin Jefferson. Like I said about running backs, that is not the case for wide receivers because both these defense suck. And I bet you his game script here was no defense is going to stop anybody and they're just going to pass all day long. So I want Julio Jones and Justin Jefferson and holy shit. They were, they went for over combined over 60 points on FanDuel, which is huge, probably 75 points on DraftKings. So hell of a move there. That's just such a great, that was the nuts wide receiver pairing. Then you go to, he went wide receiver three, Allen Robinson, and then he flexed it back with Robbie Anderson. So my only critique here, like great correlation, but the total of that game was like 44 points. Do you really want two receivers going, but like it, mm-hmm. he did kind of the same mindset with Julio and Justin Jefferson. We knew that Carolina Chicago game was not going to be that crazy in pace. So I don't like that as much. I would have liked just go solo Allen Robinson or go Allen Robinson and Mike Davis, but I, I did not like Mike Davis at all last week. I just wish he would have, you know, moved this up to maybe Devontae Adams and Ronald Jones or something like that to get mm-hmm. more exposure to a high total game. So that's my one two critiques right there is Swift and Robinson together. It's tough, very unlikely they both have a ceiling game together. So you're kind of limiting your upside mm-hmm. by pairing them. And then Allen Robinson and Robbie Anderson. It's a great if that game shoots out. That was a genius, you know, like he wins all the money in that world, even with three points from Mark Andrews. Both of those guys go nuts. His lineup was just absolutely incredible, but we'll move on. That's kind of just one of the theories I had, like pairing those two receivers in a game with a very low total. That's very risky. He could have went elsewhere, you know, but damn near and that lineup cash. It's just, I don't think it did too much because he kind of shot himself in the foot. there, taking a wide receiver stack in a low total game and then playing both running backs. Moving on to Twitch. Twitch is awesome, too. Love this guy. Um, Appreciate you, Twitch. This was a GPP lineup. He went Fitzpatrick, Derrick mm-hmm. Henry, Alexander Madison, Adam Thielen, T. Higgins. Wow, someone played T. Higgins. Good for oh, you, yeah. man. Um, Calvin Ridley, Trey Burton. Let's damn. go. And then Let's Preston go. Williams. Preston Williams scored a touchdown. And oh, then Baltimore D. Man. Yeah, like Baltimore D, it's like just playing them, it kind of kills your upside because they're so expensive, but they're the, one of the best defensive plays out there usually. But So like right there is one of my critiques in GPPs. I never focus on what my defense can be. I need my upside players who can get me 30 points and how can they get me 30 points with my game theory. So Fitzpatrick, that's fine. I get it. I like that pairing with Preston Williams. Um, but they were a 10-point favorite, so I kind of question like, all right, the only way – Preston Williams gets the 30 points as if he has a hundred yards and two touchdowns. Is he going to do that? If the jets aren't pushing the pace on the other side and you know, the jets were not going to push the pace on the other side. Probably not. I mean, Fitz had a really good start to the game, three touchdowns right away. One of them, the Preston, but that's not a game where you're going to get a, mm-hmm. a ceiling output out of Preston Williams. It'd be very unlikely. Obviously all yeah. three touchdowns could have went to him, but I'll, you know, it's going to get yeah. spread around. Derrick Henry, he just went solo Derrick Henry. It doesn't look like he had any Houston on the other side. I don't critique that at all. Henry was the best running back play on the board. Then he went with Madison, Thielen, and Ridley. So we kind of game stacked that one. But this is where I don't like it as much. If you don't have Kirk Cousins, I don't like Thielen and Madison paired together. I would have liked just to see Thielen and Ridley going back and forth in that game, just like Balu did with uh, Justin Jefferson and Julio, just mm-hmm. getting uh, exposure to the shootout. That should be. But it's like anytime Madison's doing anything running the game, Thielen's getting a zero on that play. So you're not really getting – how are you going to get a 30-point game out of Thielen if you have Matt, if you like Madison? Unless you use Kirk Cousins in there and you're like, well, he's going to pass to both of these guys. So when Thielen's not getting anything, you're getting points from Kirk when he passes it to Madison. That's kind of an unlikely situation with Madison not being – you know, with Minnesota not throwing to the running back that often. 
So that's kind of my mindset there. Um, T Higgins just, it was probably, he could, all he mm-hmm. could afford at the wide receiver spot. Hey. And it was a great punt, man. Hell of a play. Like I okay. wasn't, I, I just said like Higgins is in play when someone questioned me on the live stream. I was like, yeah, I actually kind of like that. So hell of a play there. But I think my main problem is he probably started this lineup or one of the first couple of players he chose is like, yeah, I'm going to get Baltimore's defense because they're safe. Don't start a GPP that way. And then my only other critique is just Madison and Thielen together without a quarterback paired up. So it's like you're really limiting. I, mm-hmm. I think the whole theory to GPP is how does this guy get to 30 points in this game? If you like this game or you like this player, all right, now tell yourself a story on how he gets to 30 points. And if it makes sense to wheel it on the other side, like with Thielen, he's going to get 30 points because Atlanta's scoring like crazy. So I mm-hmm. love Ridley on the other side because Ridley's a part of Atlanta scoring like crazy. So pretty good lineup here. I just a little bit critiquing, you know, playing a quarterback when he's a 10-point favorite that doesn't run like Lamar was a 10 point favorite, but he runs. So that's why I like Lamar. He's the only quarterback that could get a three point bonus rushing the ball. That's why I went with that. Um, But yeah, not a bad lineup at all. I just hope this theory part makes sense. And Mm -hmm. I hope this is beneficial for you guys. Next lineup. Let's go to RLS. Um, RLS. Cash. Yeah. No, dude, this lineup was insane. Love it. Love it. Love it. Yeah. He just went, he went absolutely nuts. And we one spot Ryan. kill, one yeah, spot kill. Just so we had one game. Yeah, we have Ryan Tannehill. Yeah, this is a lineup like you can't be mad about this. He lost in one way possible, and it was Green Bay not pushing the pace. So we had Tannehill, Derrick Henry, AJ Brown. Love that. And then okay, I, I don't necessarily love Henry and Tannehill together, but they connected for two passes for over fifty mm-hmm. yards. So he got lucky. Um, or if you just, you know, if you thought Tennessee was going to be the highest scoring team on the slate, I believe they were, or if not second, I mean, you can't argue with that flame emoji, flame emoji everywhere. All of this mm-hmm. picture, man, hell of a lineup, dude. But yeah. Tannehill, Henry and AJ Brown for his Tennessee exposure. And then he's like, okay, well, if those guys are all going off, I need to get someone from Houston because they are also going to be pushing the pace, making sure that AJ Brown and Tannehill keep throwing the ball. He went with Brandon Cooks, 21.8 points on DraftKings, 10% ownership. Love that. He nailed this game script. He could have got Will Fuller in there. He didn't have to because he then got invested in what we all thought was the best game to stack was Ronald or uh, Green Bay and Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. He had Ronald Jones at the RB2 spot, went absolutely nuts, damn near 30 points. And this is what sucked is this was a great play. This is a great build. When I say sucked, it wasn't you. It was just we missed this game. Mm-hmm. Then he goes Godwin and Aaron Jones. So he gets so much late exposure to the best the guy, you know, the best players in that game. Godwin goes for 20 plus points if Green Bay does anything. So that's how you lost there. Or, you know, you won. You won 125 yeah. bucks. Hell yeah, man. But you had 210 points. Like that is an insane score. It was just a crazy week. Usually 210 is like top of GPPs. Oh, that sucks. This may have been the Millie Maker or something. So Contest selection would be my only mm-hmm. concern here. It's like, dude, if you're scoring 210, you need to play single entry because that is going to be a top five lineup more times than not. So chasing the Millie Maker, yeah, you made 125 bucks, but this should have been, you know, a 10 to 1 ROI. If you played a $10 GPP, you should have been getting a thousand bucks back on this lineup because that was insane. Yeah, he almost hit the nuts. I mean, if Godwin in there, if, if Green Bay and Tampa Bay paces up, Godwin's good for 20. Aaron Jones is probably good for 20, maybe higher. You know, if they get a ceiling game 30 and 30, this is a millionaire maker winner lineup. Like, amazing. Uh, Trey Burton is punt, de- punt tight end. Love it. Help that shout out Adam or whoever got everybody on Trey Burton. Well, sure as hell wasn't me, but 21 points out of him. So he just punted tight end and he went with a safe defense. It was cheap. That's what I like to do in GPPs. Find a defense that allows me to get these game theories that I want. So his game theory here was, Houston and Tennessee is going nuts. He hit that. Perfect. Like you limit, you don't need to keep playing. Oh, this guy's cheap. Oh, this guy's in a good matchup. Oh, this guy's in a good matchup. I want them all randomly in my lineup. No, because then you need so many games to go your way. This lineup build is just so genius. He's like, I'm getting exposure to two games, Houston, Tennessee, Green Bay, Tampa Bay. And then I'm punting tight end and I'm getting whatever defense fits. That is such a simple concept for a lineup build. And they really, so for him to have a crazy day, he needs two games to be up pace. That is it. Mm-hmm. Like that is an amazing way to set your lineup. I have two, two games. If they go right, I'm going to have a good day. That's it. Not, I don't need nine different players to do something crazy. Like simplify your path to success and just tip of the cap RLS, man. 
Help lineup. That's awesome. I wish you just should have got rewarded with Tampa Bay. I wish that game would have went off because you would have just won. You should have won the Millie, man, with this lineup. Love uh, it. It's awesome. It, it, again, yeah. it's the process. We're going to preach it. Keep doing week. this. Keep, Keep doing building the way you're building, you're man, doing. and you are going to get rewarded. I will promise you that. This is a better build than I could have came up with with my own. Yeah. I like the only uh, the only better build I personally had was the uh, I stacked Houston three ways with uh, Watson, Fuller, Cooks, and then Derrick Henry and AJ Brown. But I did not have I did have Ronald John. Uh, either way, dude, just be either proud way. of this build. Keep doing Great what job. you're doing. That is how you build the GPP lineup. I absolutely love it, and I'm proud of you. Proud of you, buddy. And next time, just ask us what you think. What contests maybe that i think yeah yeah don't play i'm pissing you for playing that if if you only played that in the milli i'm mad at you i'm still (laughs) proud of you but i'm mad at you because i expect better but yes we uh, (laughs) we expect better out of you um all right let's move on we have a cash game lineup here which i think is uh i know this is kind of your specialty nick you love making sure that we win our cash games because that's how we build bankroll and that's how we can enter some of these larger GPPs, right? That's the way we like to look at it. So Ryan Fitzpatrick, Alexander Madison, Miles Gaskin, Kenny Galladay, AJ Brown, Randall Cobb, Mark Andrews, David Montgomery, and the Dolphins defense. Uh, how are you liking this one? Yeah, quarterback Fitzpatrick, that was safe. He was a punt, you know, a cheap player, and he was going to, you know, he had a good floor. So I can't argue that. Madison, he ate the chalk. David mm-hmm. Montgomery ate the chalk 100%. You got to do that in cash games. AJ Brown eat it as well. Love Galladay. Um, Cobb was kind of risky for cash game, but he scored a touchdown. So you're all right there. Um, the only thing that sucked was Mark Andrews. I mean, I, I think this is a really good cash build, but if uh, once I saw ownership projections on Sunday morning, Trey Burton was like 30% owned. So I was like, okay, everybody's going to go to the value tight end. That's where I went. I probably should have let Jeff know. I think it was like at 1150, like right before kickoff is when I finally changed my lineup because Andrews is the top tier tight end. He built this right off my article. So I think it's a really good build. He just got burnt by Mark Andrews not doing anything. Uh, I think he had 122 points. The pay line was, let me find the pay line real quick. What was the cash game pay line? Sorry, I should have wrote this down prior. It was 140, 142, 142.76 roughly. I think a couple tournaments allowed 141 to cash. So he's 20 points off. Um, Oh, I do have a complaint about this lineup. Mm. Ryan Fitzpatrick and Miles Gaskin together. We mm. say do not stack in cash games, especially like that, like Gaskin. I get it. They, they were super cheap, so it opened up some value for Mark Andrews. But the second I put Gaskin in, I want Fitzpatrick out. So I would have tried to maybe get to Sean Watson or something like that, or you got him and Cobb. So I, I'm fine with you stacking a quarterback with one wide receiver, but I prefer you kind of just you don't diversify in cash games. But that's my only complaint. Quarterback and a running back together doesn't make a whole lot of sense because if Gaskin were to get rushing touchdowns, Fitzpatrick were to get you mm-hmm. nothing on that. So yes. other than that, it was a really good lineup. It just got burnt by Mark Andrews, and that sucks. Um, we all got burnt by Mark Andrews in multiple lineups. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got but yeah, burned by Just couple. remember, Jeff, the, the running back and quarterback, it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And, you know, Randall Cobb's upside is, is rather limited, but he was safe. If he didn't score that touchdown, he was a bad play. But I think I, I was I put him in honorable mention, I think. But either way, Cobb paid off, so I can't say it's a bad play. It just mm-hmm. yeah. It, I can't I can't ever tell you to get off Mark Andrews, but if ever if ownership projections show that everybody's going to punt it, I would probably just punt it as well. I love it. And yes, that's for cash games specifically. And the last build, we're going to look at Skillet, our boy Skillet. We see him all over the Discord. Again, windailysports.com backslash chat. You can ask us all the questions that you want. Uh, Skillet had Matthew Stafford, Miles Gaskin, James Robinson, AJ Brown, Justin Jefferson, Marvin Jones Jr., TJ Hawkinson, Ronald Jones, and the Washington football team defense. See a lot that we like, maybe a couple that we don't. What um what are your what are your thoughts on this? We have one James Robinson. Then Matt Stafford and two pass catchers. We had AJ Brown. We had Justin Jefferson, little Miles Gaskin in there, little Ronald Jones. This kind of just seems a little, little all over the place, I guess. So talk exactly about right. I do love. So his main stack was it's fine. It just didn't pay off. It was Stafford, Marvin Jones, Hawkinson. One, I don't want to ever main stack a team without their number one asset and Kenny Galladay. Kenny Galladay. So I would have, I would have judged that and say you got to get Kenny in there, but. 
it's a perfect lineup that he started with is Stafford, Marvin Jones, Hawkinson and perfect. I mean, theory wise. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then on the other side, he has James Robinson. So this lineup to me reads, all right, well, Jacksonville's going to control the pace of this game and get up early, rush a couple touchdowns in then Stafford, Galladay, and see, I just assume he played mm-hmm. Galladay, Stafford, Marvin Jones, and Hawkinson keep, you know, thing. playing catch up. We're passing the ball, you know, Swift, Adrian Peterson aren't going to do anything. That's what this lineup reads to me, and I cannot fault that idea at all. That's a pretty good idea. The game just didn't go that way. But then you have a bunch of one-offs. You have Miles Gaskin, A.J. Brown, Justin Jefferson. They went off, so I can't judge this lineup. Then Ronald Jones, and then I don't care about defense ever in GPP. But that's one, two, three, four, Five. So yeah, five different games in your are you reliant on right there? That's tough. You actually hit the nuts though with AJ Brown and Justin Jefferson, but I just kind of want to simplify my lineup a little bit. I would have loved you to move AJ Brown up to like Julio or Ridley and drop the defense down or something like that. And obviously played Galladay, but either way, I mean Stafford stack just didn't work out this week. But the idea was there. You had your main stack, you ran it back with someone on the other side. You thought this game was going to be up pace and shooting out. But yeah, I, it's like, I look at this lineup, it's like, okay, I'm reliant on five different game scripts going well. And all five of those one-ups he had hit, like Gaskin mm-hmm. hit value, flame emoji, AJ Brown hit the flame emoji, Jefferson, same thing, and Ronald Jones, same thing. So it worked out, but I think more times than not, you're playing with fire, having five different game, mm-hmm. you know, game scripts going well. Like, and what I say that is like, Ronald Jones could have a big day, but yeah, if Green Bay's going nuts. Ronald Jones may not have that good of a day. Mm-hmm. So, like, there's just so many game theories in this lineup. So just try to limit that a little bit, Skillet. I know you're a smart player, and I do love your main stack there. It just didn't happen this way. Like, I wouldn't ever question the Stafford thing because you built it right. You got some Jacksonville on the other side. You're like, all right, this game's going to shoot out. That's my idea. It just didn't happen. It just didn't happen. But, again, the process is there. The theory is there, especially for that main stack. Um, you know, if you ran it back the other way, maybe it – probably still wouldn't have worked out as well. You had DeAndre Swift in there and then a couple, you know, Minshew and some of the pass catchers on the Jags. Unless it was Keelan Cole, you, you pretty much wouldn't have anything there. But again, it's still the process. It's still the way you think about it. I, I do agree, though. It's just kind of a little all over the place. As we were talking about before yep. with RLSs, it was pretty much two games, a punt on um, Trey Burton, and that was kind of it. And everything else, you know, as we said, you know, it it, it worked out um, for better or for worse. So I think that that part's pretty important. And those are five lineups let us know if you want us to do that more send in your lineups we are willing to go over this we want to teach you we want to make you better we want to make yeah you that was fun as i think so that's, I, that's I would more like useful that. yeah yeah moving forward definitely we'll go over the games of course as we're doing but then we can take some of these lineups and really dig down and just see kind of what you did right what you did wrong as we do for ourselves every week what we did right what we did wrong but i think this was a good one man i like this i had some fun uh sticks where can everyone find you on the internet we saw you gained a couple followers this weekend yeah too. Appreciate the love, guys. Thank you very much. But again, I'm here. I My passion is to make everybody else better. I love seeing, like, I look at Balu and RLS lineups right there, and Jeff's, I, I love it. Jeff had a solid cash build, just one little error. We're going to get better next week. Mm-hmm. But, man, looking at some of these builds, like, shit, you guys are better than I am. So, <laughs> but context selection, RLS, damn you. I'm mm-hmm. so disappointed. How do you get, I, I mean, damn you, DFS, how does he finish 12? hundredth with 200 it has to be the millionaire maker right yeah i mean uh, i assume so at that point uh, quit chasing the million dollars until you so you know win a couple gpps you know like i said you play 10 bucks here you played this in a hundred dollar tournament you're winning 10x so you should have had a thousand or 10 grand depending on what you played then you go take some shots at the millionaire maker put five thousand you know say you put a hundred dollar single entry gpp you finish top five and you got ten thousand bucks put seven thousand away and uh, take a girl out somewhere nice, whatever the case may be. Um, and then go play Millie Maker with 400 bucks next week. And you still got 200 or $2,600 left over to play single entry and keep your bankroll alive for the rest mm-hmm. of the year. So that's how I take it. Uh, unless you just want to chase Millie Makers, by all means, I'm not going to hey. tell people how to play. If you're like, I only care about a million bucks, I don't care about 10,000 or whatever the case may be. Completely different. To me, it was like I was always trying to build up my bankroll so I could be one of the biggest players in the world that was always my goal is like i want to do this for a living someday mm-hmm. so you know Getting have there. a goal with what you're playing if your goal is just to be like ah, i just want to finish top 10 the millie maker for the clout and because i don't care about money absolutely dude that's cool too like dfs it, it should be as fun as you make it to me I'm, I'm trying to make it a job someday um 
but to others, if it's just something they do on Sundays and like to sweat a couple bucks, absolutely. Dude. Like I will never judge that too. Like do whatever you want to do and makes you enjoy the game of football that we all love. But it's at sticks picks on Twitter in case you wanted to go follow him anywhere. So we really S T I X T S E K S S T I X. Yes. We appreciate I get you. on rants, man. I get, and on- we love it. I love it. I love your passion. I love your appreciation. I think that's the first time you've ever told me that this is what you want to do for a living. So I, I appreciate that. And I appreciate you telling everybody else out there. I'm sure you've said it to other members of the family, but uh, it's, it's yeah, nice. I mean, well, if I could just play DFS football, well, yeah, I, don't I play mean, NBA. Obviously. I can just I make enough money to go play golf the rest of the year. Of course. That doesn't sound that bad. I think most people would kind of that. Um, yeah, we're a long way away from that, but we're we getting got, close. We got a couple minutes, but we're getting there. But you can follow me at Michael Raziel. Make sure to follow us at Windaily Sports. As I said, windailysports.com backslash chat. Seven free days in the expert Discord chat. You can ask Nick all the questions you want. He has a full-time job on top of his other job, so it might take him a minute, but he'll get back to it. I answer. sneak away. He literally just, answers yeah. every single one, as long as you're not like one of those weird bots or like one of those weirdos out there. Um, no offense to them, but like, come on, guys, let's get better. But make sure to follow <laughs> us. Make sure to get that free seven days in the Discord chat. We'll make you enough money to pay for your long subscription. I'm pretty confident in that. But Nick, we appreciate the hell out of you. For Nick, for myself, for the rest of the Wind Daily Sports family, thank you, and make it a very pro- profitable week seven of the NFL. I'm on to week seven.